Welcome to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. This is the place to learn how to get through your worst rock bottom and start to embrace adversity. I'm your host, Petra Belzebor. I'm a therapist and a life coach, but my biggest learning is from my own rock bottom. My story includes being raised in a cult, dealing with depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, and alcoholism. But along the way, I've learned to turn my entire life around to one of success, joy, and fulfillment. So in this podcast, I'll be talking to people from all walks of life who've done the same. I'll be teasing out the skills and tools necessary, as well as using my own experience to teach you how to turn your adversity into your biggest advantage. Welcome everyone to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. Today we've got John Schles on the line. We're on Skype today. Um, we know each other because we worked together for a little while, but he's moved on to act as chief exec for the student union at Greenwich Uni. Welcome, John, to the podcast. Hello, thanks for having me. Great to have you. Um, so fill in the blanks for us. Tell us a bit about, about you. What are, what are you passionate about at the moment? Passionate about at the moment? Oh, good question. Well, it's obviously RuPaul's Drag Race, so... That is a, uh, a kind of a must in my calendar starting um, uh, tomorrow on Comedy Central right. after binging on, on uh, Netflix for the last uh, the last uh, six months. But uh, but uh, but I don't think I'll experiment with drag myself. I don't think I'm going to be quite enough of a, a beautiful drag queen. But no. <laughs> it is a, it is a it is a great watch. Lovely, love it. Cool. Um, so give us a little bit of, of context to your life. We want to get to know you a little bit and your story. Um, what, what was it like growing up? Do you think your, your parents and the education system sort of prepared you for the real world, the real adult world? Yes, yeah, so I suppose I've always been a bit of a um, older soul um, as, a, as, a, as a kid, a sensitive soul. But I, I grew up in a 2.4 kind of working aspiring middle-class family you know um in wallacey on the whittle born in birkenhead that's okay. where i'm from mm-hmm. and um mum and dad dad worked away a lot with work um mum was a mum but also had her own play group um for a period and then uh work um has helped out at dance school and um locally and my sister was a dancer i did music um, went to a you know local primary school which you could walk to. Went to the all boys comprehensive um, for my secondary school, where I've still got some very close uh, mates uh, really? who I who I speak to most days uh, from there. In a kind of a, Wallace is one of these kind of big villages or small towns, so lots of people know each other and know each other's business. So I had a you know a very nice uh, childhood to be fair. So sounds like you had uh, a creative family as well. I think, well, ironically, yes, even though I wouldn't count myself as a musician, but I, I would say I was a taught musician, but my sister's definitely a dancer. <laughs> um, Born. But, um, yeah, I'm definitely quite a, um, um, so my dad's like mathematical and structured and my mum is um, uh, a mum. Well, I call my mum like Sharon Osbourne slash Hyacinth Bouquet. That's kind of my mother. <laughs> that creates and, uh, a picture. Yeah, very much so. But she is that antithesis of that, so um yeah, but my sister's a, you know a very good dancer. She's although she's um, kind of stepping down from dancing now and doing a lot more teaching. And um, although I did, I know I did. A, I went to Leeds University, did a music degree, um, okay. but pretty much got to my degree and was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not really going to be a musician. I'm not, I'm not really good enough. Mm. And that was fine because I always, I think I always thought I would be in some form of management position rather than the star. And I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah. Or you got you got happy with it. You accepted it eventually. Yeah, I think I just always what I found is I've, I've never um, 
I'm never amazing at anything, but I'm I have a good go, and I and I and uh, so I kind of enjoy. I kind of I I've learned to my adult life that actually when I put my mind to it, I can do it. Um, but Just, you know, I'll never be a sprinter for a make a world record, but I will. Um, I will have a go at sprinting. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like you're you're you consistently try and show up. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I like I cycled to Milan last year, right? And oh, um, wow. that was 900 miles in nine days, and I did it. But I wasn't the fastest, and it hurt a lot. But I'm stubborn enough to do it. Um, but I don't think I'll do it again. <laughs> no, I don't you know? think you would. But it's better <laughs> no. than some people could say yeah. doing that sort of distance. So yeah. What What do you mean about the the old souls thing? That that's how you were growing up. Well, I've always just been practical. So, like to my and and the one to sort stuff out and think ahead. So my my, my best buddies. Um, I'm not the, I'm not the boy that brings the banter. I'm the one that brings the the sense. So we, so you know, I was the boring one saying that's naughty. We can't do that. Or um, <laughs> or the one or the one being like you're an idiot. This is how you need to get yourself out of that pickle. So, um, but I've kind of I'm. I've, I've never really had a concern about that being my character because it's it's a uh, it's just who I am. Um, you feel comfortable so I, with it? Yeah, totally. I think, and you know, it's only in adult life I've actually thought about that part of me really. But it's it's um, that is that is the bit I bring to friend, you know, to friendship and, and relationship and, and in work really. I'm a sensible, calm-headed person. Well, and Most, it's helped you, know, you work your way up. Yeah, I, yeah, it has, and and you know this. I love my job at Greenwich. I've been here two years in April, but it's it has some very it's had some very testing, and will continue to have some very testing, challenging times because we're running diverse services, everything from advice advice services to um, representation and democratic, which is our kind of founding principle, but all the way through to a nightclub, and uh, and <laughs> so you you it's a, it becomes a, a real challenge to make sure we are. Um, you know supporting all all those services and, and and all those different needs when you've got you know a commercial person serving the coffee is very different to the person that cares about the democracy and and that is uh you have to keep a calm head for that absolutely yeah, yeah 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 i'm learning <laughs> <laughs> there's also something within in your life story that would have taught you some of those leadership skills and how to kind of show up not necessarily always be liked but need to make some of those sort of final decisions at the level that you're at Oh, yeah, I think you're right. So I, I think I've always been, I suppose I was told as a kid, always a natural leader, this one, you know, I was the one that would like set my own tuck shop and make some money or I'll, I'll have a go at that. I'll do that. And, um, and, um, it's a bit like that Catherine Tate character, right? That where she's, she goes, I can do that. And then she can't do it like skiing or whatever. <laughs> but I, but I would always have the, I never really thought, I never, I can't ever recall having it. And in a sense of like, um, well, what, well, I'm too shy. I was, I was some of it would be like I physically can't, but or I don't want to. But if I want if the principle of wanting to do it, I would then I, I've always made myself do it. Um, so something said, quite like a combination of the sensible, but also a risk taker. It doesn't keep you too safe just because you've got that sensitive, uh, sensible side. No, I suppose you're right because I've done a marathon. I've, I've uh, nice. cycled to Milan. I've done Camp America. I've. Uh, I was elected to my students' union. Well, can I put myself up at Leeds? Kind of like I want more music space for the music societies, and then ended up in this political position, which was the best year, um, um, particularly at the age of 21, 22. Um, I kind of just, I kind of go, well, I, I think I can do that. I'll have a go, rather than, oh, I think I can do that, but I'm too afraid to put myself forward. Um, yeah. I'm not, say, not saying that um, you know I do fail regularly, and I do have 
moments where I found that tough. But um, I seem when I get into my head, I can I want to do that or I, I can do that. I I tend to even if I procrastinate a bit, I end up getting around to doing it. So. Yeah, you have some sort yeah. of ability to be persistent and to show up even if you've had a knockback. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think the wonderful thing about development into leadership in a professional capacity is you've got to um, understand who you are. And so over the last, certainly last three, four years, I've been lucky enough to go on, um, you know, some, some kind of reflect, you know, some programs and very reflective um, development processes to really think about myself and who I am and and that that's been um that's definitely have been helping me to where to where I am now but understanding who I was as that kid who was like well I'll I'll do the cross country then and making the team but never never gonna win (laughs) but did it you know (laughs) yeah okay so there's something in the self-reflective practices whatever those have looked like for you that has helped you understand and maybe connect the dots in a way definitely definitely now and definitely in um in in my adult life I, I kind of it's that thing, isn't it? It's the cheesy bit. I know who I am more now than I did then, but it turns out I knew myself pretty well then. It turns out, yeah, it sounds like you did. Um, and so the, the theme, of course, of this podcast is around adversity and some of those challenges that we face, those sort of knockbacks, uh, rock bottoms, uh, times that have really taught us you know, to, to persevere or to, to build our character, even though when we're in the moment, it doesn't necessarily feel that way. Um, yeah. And so when I bring up this sort of stuff, what, what comes up for you as themes to sort of adversity or incidents around rock bottoms that have hit you? I think um, a couple come to mind. The, the main one is, is, is being gay and coming out. So I was a, you know, I was head boy at school, had girlfriends, um, again, 2.4 family, weren't gay role, gay role models around, yeah. you know, um, 80s, born in 84. So, you know, 80s 90s kid and and um it was when I was you know I kind of I think I I started to understand it from 14 15 but didn't but you know in an all-boys comprehensive in a scouse land it wasn't something that you really spoke to anybody about and uh and it took you know took me to university to kind of think go for it and then in my in my um way I just was like right I'm going for this and you know met a boy and made a public drama with it all and fine and um but you know um, you know I told my family at at 19 and and you know it was just it was just it was hard for them and hard for me to kind of get my head around it took a long time for us to I suppose for them to kind of get get through it and understand it because it's just something that they it just it just wasn't what they expected really or it wasn't very normalized within your sort of society no, you know, so you know, my, you know, pe- you know, people in my hometown read the Mirror and the Mail and the Sun, I see what you you're know, yes. you know, and, it, and it's, uh, you know, there aren't many gay people, there aren't there aren't many people of colour, um, you know, it's a lot of traditional families where dad dad worked, mum, you know, mum didn't, and and of course there were single parent families and and people of colour and and that, but not not in my um, circle really that I grew up with, so it's a very, it's quite. An, for a, a place so close to Liverpool, it's quite an, an, an insulated place. So, um, but it turns out, you know, there are people in my family who who are gay or in and around the family that, that are gay, but it wasn't spoken about. And I think that's linked to the stuff in the eighties and yeah, um, you know, decriminalisation and all that stuff. That uh, I think if I'd been brought up in in London, it would have been a bit different. But I always wanted to. I always knew that the moment I hit eighteen, I would. I would leave and go to uni and I probably wouldn't go back and that that is that has happened but now I'm 
30, well, 34 in a couple of weeks. I I actually like going back home now, but there was certainly a time when I didn't like going home. And it wasn't about my mum and dad as such. It was about knowing they were, you know, going through a process. And I'm probably a bit embarrassed, really. Um, and they would probably be upset even me talking about it here, but they shouldn't be because it's um, it's not reflecting on them. It's just what, what happened. And, um, and we will go through a process. And actually, our relationship's better than it has been in, in you know, 15 years kind of thing it's that transition everyone coming to terms with something different that they didn't quite anticipate when there's so much maybe negative conditioning just in in the culture around you exactly and if you think I went to uni at 18 you know broke up with a girlfriend and went to uni at 18 and then you know came back a summer later you know a gay man what you know yeah yeah, (laughs) it was was like what and you know of course it's it's highly dramatic in my head but I can't appreciate that they've got to understand it too and then I've not been there so it's not like they can see me because I've been in Leeds and then London so they can't see me that how I lived my life and how happy I was and yeah um, I think you know there's been many turning points for me and my mum and of course I'm a mummy's boys but um, Hmm. I got got married in 2014 and um, and it was just the most incredible of course it's my wedding day it was the most incredible day but there was something truly special because it was the um, same sex marriage had only just been legalised. Uh, we were the first same sex marriage for the registry office. We had oh, 150 wow. friends, 150 friends um, there, and it was just a pure outpouring of love. And there was just an excitement, and it was just you know we we definitely threw a great party, but obviously the people make it, and there was such a wonderful atmosphere. And I think that was a real moment for my mum and some of my family to actually it was like a release for them around that whatever whatever was holding them back in it to be like oh my god look look at this life and look how happy they're you know it's, it's something that is still spoken about even at, even at christmas just gone you know family that that came out of duty because it was a wedding not necessarily because they wanted to yeah um um actually being like god this was something that was something else and it's i suppose it's like an education really isn't it so completely but i yeah, am but, curious about the you know just what might have been what you must have been struggling with internally from the age of sort of 14 15 until that you know 19 coming home you know that sort of age and how you were coming to terms with this or where you were getting your 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 information or support or were you talking to anyone or was it just all internalized it was all internalized so i think there's been two parts of it really one is the the internalization before i was prepared to deal with it at 19 and then then there's been 19 to 34 nearly around understanding gay shame really and dealing with the consequence of that internalization and angst that um I, you know, I, ha- I, you know, I went to speak to someone a few years back to actually for about eighteen months just to unpick why I was like, well, I have this great life, but I'm still not fully content. Mm. And, Did um, you see and a, th- a therapist or a coach or? I saw like a counselor, coach, so yeah. more, more of a coach, yeah. And um, but the best thing I've ever done because it that's helped me with my career, but also it helped me understand me better and unpick that part of being that scared 14 year old and I, I didn't talk to anybody at all I just internalized a lot and mm. um and you know hindsight is a great thing there would have course been people in my life I would have got picked on but there would have been people in my life who would have been supportive but it just wasn't I think it's that, it's that a wonderful thing now when you watch you watch a, um, a younger generation where mm. yes there is a fight still to be had absolutely but the, the normalization in the context of it's 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 completely you know, different it's completely different and that that what what an amazing generational shift and that what an amazing thing um 
I know in a way I wish I could have been a bit braver but actually my husband was the same we, were, we both had a quite similar upbringing and both had the same inner inner angst and it took him till his early early 20s actually but understanding in later life that actually I had a lot of in a turmoil linked to that still in my mid-twenties, even when I seemed sound and in my early thirties, has been has been a surprising but helpful thing. And, and that but that has always sat sat with me. And um, of course. I just think it I think it probably always will. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it's just about how you how you manage it and understand it better. And I'm curious when we do internalize things or when this stuff is going on, you know, that maybe we fear people won't understand. It often comes out in different ways, I've noticed. So if we're not able to talk about it in healthy ways, sort of taking you, taking you back again, uh, it can come out in, you know, addictive behaviors or unhealthy relationships or aggression or things like that. I mean, did, did anything else show up for you or were you just the master at pretending everything was cool? No, I, no, I definitely wasn't the master at pretending everything was cool. I think I had dramatic moments when I was drunk and all that. Um, yeah. Um, like I definitely, I definitely always had a thing with a thing with food. Like ne- not, never in a uh, abusive way, but just I don't know. Just um, you know, always I like, I like gorging on uh, big bags of crisps, and I suppose I, you know, I probably drink a bit too much um, yeah. on occasion. But I've also worked in pubs and been surrounded by you know booze people all my life, and um, and that kind of self, I suppose, an element of kind of self control um, has been less of a, a less of a Less, less of a priority really for me yeah as 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 a part of it because it's been a i suppose an escapism when i've been if I, felt sad, I, if I felt sad i'll eat that i'm just going to eat that bag of crisps even if i felt guilty about it but i never i've never had a piece around eating disorder as um sure um like i definitely had a thing when i was um so i think i was at 18 19 yeah 19 i think just I had ended up having my tonsils out um, because I was so badly infected and I was so ill with them. And actually, because I was so ill, I ended up ill after the operation, and and that meant I um, didn't, I, you know, couldn't eat for weeks. And and actually, I went really, really, really thin. Where I'd always been a, you know, I've got a rugby player build, so I'd always been yeah. a, you know, a strong, a strongly built lad. Yeah. Um, and I always feel I was cheated out of my uh, my twink stage because I basically was the height of six foot one at the age of thirteen and just went outwards rather than upwards, you know. Right. And um, whereas everyone else seemed to grow up uh, and had their skinny boy stage in their in their eight, um, eighteen nineteen. But I've always had that in my head, really. But then I ended up ended up um, ill. I looked ill. If you look back on photos of me when I'm eighteen, I was just like, oh my god, I finally am a, I'm a skinny boy, <laughs> whatever yeah. that means. Yeah. And I actually look back now and like, bloody hell, look at the state of you. <laughs> but um, and you know, I, and I, I worked to maintain that, and then I got. But actually, um, I and you know, basically, it was I was an eighteen to twenty year old. I would, you know, instead of having um, a burger and chips, I'd have three pints. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then, yeah. And uh, but that that is, you know that, that that shifted as I got down to London and worked, and um, and actually I started exercising then. I uh, and so I ended up running the London Marathon. Oh right, um, yeah. And got really got actually really fit. Um, and then, unfortunately, I ended up having to have a hip operation. I managed to fall sober, I must say. And, um, and like, um, <laughs> good clarity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, and um, hurt, basically, hurt my basically split the cartilage in my a little bit of a cartilage in my hip. And then hey. I ended up having, take took a while for diagnosis. And um, so that kind of that just set back that that kind of routine I'd got into in my kind of early twenties. Well, you know, early to mid twenties, where I had actually got a handle on looking good feeling good exercising but in that time I also met Dan and 
fell in love and Dan's my husband and you know we've been together 10 years this year and you know Amazing. also get fat and happy right yeah so, hey. um yeah so you know I've always had an issue about weight and food but I've, I'll moan about my weight while I'm eating a, bag, a big bag of of course um, of course chips but yes. just interesting where some of these habits form some of them are conditioning and how we observe people around us dealing with maybe emotions um, but also I really see a, a consistent message across people I speak to that when we're internalizing big emotions and they're tricky for us um, whether it's booze whether it's food you know just that little hit of escapism um, yes. can really become a habit that even if we're emotionally healthier as adults like when we have those little trigger points of maybe stress or, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm such a stress eater. So when I'm right? happy, I eat. When I'm yes, happy, yeah. I eat. When I'm stressed, I eat. <laughs> yeah. When it's like someone's down, I eat. Like it's, you know, it's like I'm that person. It's Friday now when I can't wait to have a glass of wine later. But I've actually been a really good boy all week, you know, so well done, mate. Well done. And, uh, but I think, you know, I also grew up in a dancer family, so I was never a dancer. Yeah. Um, boys didn't dance. I think, I think actually they did try and be dancing, but... I think it's one of those things I was too scared because it all had all these connotations and yeah. uh, particularly in an all boys comprehensive. But um, but food was always an issue. Like my sister was is a, a beautiful uh, dancer, but you know grew up to be a lady with um, hips, which meant she was never going to be a ballerina. You know, and yeah, she's she is a wonderful tap and modern, and you know she's travelled the world with her career. But I always remember food being an issue. Um, and I suppose I have reflected on that quite a lot around there's lots of conversations about don't eat that and I'm not eating that and why are you gorging on chocolate and you know you've got to be you know dancing 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 but, so a lot of judgment around it as well yeah she was she was in a, you know most girls dance school and all aspiring dancers and competitive you know, girls competitive yeah bitch, you know, bitchiness yeah yeah and okay um is it's wonderful but you know she um she like me we've been both binge on christmas chocolates but you know but she's also has always been fit you know she's always been a dancer um my favorite thing to her was when i remember when i was really got into running um and i was like oh you know my muscles just ache she went john i've been in pain since 18 months old get over it <laughs> and uh, that's because she's you know always want all she ever wanted to be was a dancer and she's done it so she drives herself pushes pushes hard yeah 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 um, I'm curious about the, the words you used earlier about gay shame and how that's impacted you even as an adult and you've had to work through that in some way. I mean, how does, how does that still show up for you? I think it was something that I didn't even know, like I didn't even think about or have oversight sure. of until, so, so until sort I'm, of deep down. So it's deep down. So it was with um, um, this, this guy, this, a guy called Scott who I worked with who was just incredible. And, um, and I think it's that... Yeah, you know, I am. I know how lucky I've got this. I'm in a successful career. I've got a wonderful husband. Mm. You know, we've got a mortgage and a house and a dog, and we go on holidays. And I was just like, Yeah, your your you life know. looks perfect, John. <laughs> well, absolutely. Oh no, absolutely. Yeah. And and then I, and I, and I remember just being like, Why? Why am I have this kind of sense of misery around me? You know, um, even though everything is great. And I and I don't. I do not feel that way anymore. But um, working with Scott, he. he I think, you know, he was like, well, this is understandable in this context. If you've held, spent years holding this secret and then, and actually, you know, you do the other dramatic way where you're like, you know, you're out and proud and shouting about it, but actually you've got this deep inner security around how you look and how you feel and who's going to say what and are people embarrassed. 
that has always sat there because there, there is always that weird thing is you have you know it's got a bit easier but you always have to come out if you go to a new job or you meet new people don't you so yeah because people in their language just make assumptions that you might have a wife or that you might you know yeah, that, that that's probably. your lifestyle just by looking at you don't they that's it and i've never been i probably am camp but you know i've never been a feminist and uh, or a traditional stereotype, but, it, yeah. but what is that? You know that all has that we are, all have to challenge that. I think it's wonderful the word queer has been taken back, and uh, but the but the and you know it's 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 such a fascinating time now around um, gender and sexual fluidity and um, you know and, and actually even as a as a as a gay man and I know I am a gay man and as does my husband. That's even interesting for us to understand and listen to and ch- be challenged on because it's not been something that I ever had to think about you know I all I knew was that I fancied men or boys at the time and didn't understand that I didn't you know I'd never had an issue around was I a boy you know how you know and that that, that is something that I um you know I can't imagine how tough that must be for others yeah because I, I'm still handling the bit around well I, I don't fit into the um the 2.4 children yeah part of it Rob um but actually and also coming out, you know, I couldn't get you couldn't get civil partnered, but you then you could. You couldn't have kids, but you can. Yeah, you know, you know, lots of transition like, about what you you could then have your expectations for life formed. Yeah, and like, I, you know, a part of the fear was you couldn't have all these things that I know you, your parents wanted, but actually you can have all those things. But um, now but that has that has happened as I've, you know, has happened as I've got older, right? Um, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and I, you know, I, I was never a big politico on marches. Like, uh, you know, I go to Pride and have partied. Sure. And of course, I've been a part of the parade a bit, but I've not been a. Um, I didn't, you know, I was probably too scared to even be an activist. In case well, my mom I was saw wondering me if you experienced homophobia yourself. Um, I have, but not 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 massively. So you know, in occasional words, oh, you poor, you queer. Um, I call people out on if they say things. Oh my god, they're so gay. Um, I always find it fascinating when my straight mates, particularly when they're drunk, always ask about gay sex, um, huh. and you always have to take them through because they, you know, they just get fascinated by it because they, it's just something that they don't, they don't, they're not, they don't talk about, right? So it's funny uh, how it's when they're drunk that they can ask those questions because oh, it's yeah, still yeah. so much society and stigma, stigma stuff around, you know, being a straight man being curious about it. Absolutely, yeah. So, and I've got wonderful friends, and the, my 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 lad mates have actually been the most wonderful people and, and if you think about um my, my my best mate joe greggs and seb they have you know they have just been all of them have been but they, they're the ones i speak to the most and they, they are just the most straight people you could meet but are the most wonderful men and you know they're wonderful um well husband and husband to be and, and dads and dads to be and 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 they are they, there has never been a judgment they've all only ever been supportive um, they adore Dan, and actually, we're, you know, and, and um, it's 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 there. They're like to me, this they're like the, the pin up of what a modern man is, and the concept they totally know who they are, and and um, can banter about Britney Spears because I want to talk about that and Beyonce because mm-hmm. I do. That's what I do like. But then they'll also, you know, have an argument about Arsenal and Man United, and, and I don't. I'm not bothered by that. But um, but other gay friends of mine are oh, like Dan follows Arsenal, and I'm always you know he checks the score on a Saturday. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know? Well, that's that's his thing, you know. So um, there isn't a stereotype there, and it's just getting it's getting one's head around that, and it's taken you know it's it's taken my you know late teenage teenage adult life, and probably will still take 
the time. You know, the worst thing now is age, isn't it? So I'm not the pretty young, I'm not the pretty young boy I used to be. I'm the greying person that's being called handsome, which is very nice. But, um, but it's not, it's not always oh, so pretty. <laughs> so, I've never heard the distinction before. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, what would you say has been the darkest moment in your life? The darkest moment in my life. Um, it was, it was, it was, you know, it was around the time, it was around, you know, 15, 16. So, uh, a bit of experimenting completely freaked me out. And, um, and it was all, you know, never spoken about. And, uh, and I think, I think that's part of the thing that's, that's kind of has always been a sitting on, sat there, um, with me. Um, I just not understanding it, you know, and not understanding emotion and, um, and that, that's what's very tough because I think I was de- very much that person. I've always, you know, I know I come across. I am, well, I am confident, and you do definitely I'm, come across as such. I know, friendly, but I, you know, we all have our inner inner yeah, demon, right? It's so always I, what's I, going you know, on underneath. And as as one's got older, I've understood that better, um, and to talk about it. But I would be very much worried about what people think and um food and how things are going rather than um rather than you know i'd I'd be half in the room you know um and and that 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 still happens occasionally you know yeah Um, so you're thinking ahead to the judgment that might come or or how you might be perceived in a situation absolutely yeah yeah but that's it's i you know i think i i know i've done i've done well and i've come through it well um, I think work. I've had some dark times with work. So um, the job that we we were at together was was a hard job, yes. and yeah. um, that took it out of me personally, professionally, um, and it was, it was just a lot of pressure. Um, so I'm you know with a with a with some you know some tough management challenges, and um, and there was a lot of pressure on me to you know keep basically keep the place afloat and and i and i did that but i, I didn't look after myself for mm. two and a half three years and and physically i got fatter and i, I definitely that's when all my graying finished and uh and it took an emotional turmoil on our our marriage and, and that actually it was in that period is when i went to speak to um scott because the work pressure was one of the main was it was a, a main factor in me being unhappy but then not knowing how to cope with it because I had an underlying piece, you know? Yeah, yeah, so it triggers so many other things, which is what people don't always recognise unless they have seen a therapist or somebody who can help them maybe piece that together. Yeah, exactly that, yeah. That has been, to date, the toughest part of my professional life. Well, not, it's been the toughest part of my professional life that has impacted personal. Yeah. Um, and, you know, always on the mind around, will we get that grant? Can we pay salaries? Can we... Can we? Can we? And that's you know that's the challenge. It's a lot to in. hold. It's a lot to hold, particularly if you don't feel supported, which yeah. at, at times I didn't. Um, but was always supported by my husband. And actually, that that how lucky am I? Absolutely. Uh, what learning have you taken from that experience that maybe you you utilise within your chief exec role now? Oh, it's it's totally about how you treat people and um, and how you provide the support and the space. And of course, you know, I'm a first time chief exec, so I am making mistakes. Um, but it's about, you know, we've got a commitment to empowering our, our staff 
and actually that some of them are making mistakes because we're given we kind of said go for it yeah um, yeah yeah and then actually there's lots of going back and being like no 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 not that not that far but, yeah yeah but um but actually i um I, you know, I want to be open. I want people to, to come and talk to me. I want to problem solve with them and not just abandon them um, <laughs> yeah. on the on the issue. <laughs> and, uh, and actually, I think there's a balance for me around: am I am I giving too much of my time um, when my team should just be doing, you know, sorting some of this stuff out? But um, but actually, I'm pushing my team to step up to the task. Yeah, and, empower them. Um, and empower them. Yeah, and. You know, I've got a really wonderful all-female senior management team who um, are very different in characters to each other and to me, um, but they really care about the role they're doing. And so it's my responsibility to give each of them the support when they need it, but also shut up and back away. Even I get overexcited by stuff and they need mm-hmm. to be like, John, John, just bugger off, you know, back away. <laughs> let us do what we're good at. <laughs> just, let, just let us do our job, yeah. Um, and, and actually getting them to just, um, particularly some of those that have been here for quite a few years, I've inherited about them just trusting that they can ask for help and I will help. And so, but what's the balance now for you? How do you ensure that you look after yourself so that you're able to lead in the way that you're, you're leading? That's a good question because actually when I joined um, Granite in April 16, I'd really got to cycling. I was training for the ride to Milan oh yeah and um, cycling to work it was obviously spring summer and that's you know so that was my you know I was, I was cycling out most days and on a weekend cycling with some mates but then in the September I fell off and broke my collarbone oh god um, ended up having an operation and you know then had to go through the recovery yeah and it wasn't until down yeah, so all I remember when I first fell off was, oh, God, I'm going to get fat again. That's the first <laughs> thing I thought. And, and, um, and, it, and it, that has happened. You know, yeah. my, suit, my suit didn't doesn't fit and, um, yeah. <laughs> um, and shirt started. And actually, that's been a... And that it was that's it's all for me. A lot of it ends up being about routine. So mm. you totally got out of the routine, and therefore it feels like an effort. Um, yeah. So, but once you have where, the routine, it can feel like you you get some balance. Yeah, definitely, and I, I'm all about routines. If the routine goes off, then it just it just stops. So, Spirals a bit. Yeah, where Dan is actually the opposite, and I think I pull him out of routine. <laughs> but he, you know, he, he's very disciplined, um, rather comparatively to me, um, which is very good because that helps me. Because he'd be like, "Right, you're not having that. You're having this." Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> right. but, um, but you know, I, I think it also. I was, you know, that first this first couple of years of this job has been it's been fun, but it has been tough. Of so, course. Um, there's been some very challenging stuff with um, mental health um, and mental, uh, when you say mental health do you mean uh, student mental health or your own or uh, student mental health which has been very testing on, on me yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. but um, but the the benefit of that has been um, I know I've had to, I've had to be strong for them um, we're dealing with some wonderful but vulnerable young people here um, in great positions of power but also um, you know it's overwhelming and yeah. they're still going through all the emotions and, and I think the bit I hadn't appreciated is how parental this role would be right yeah um, uh, because we've got four full-time elected student leaders and there's you know another 30 plus part-time elected yeah. leaders that need help and effort and don't know how to Guidance. respond to emails properly and all that stuff. And, <laughs> yeah. But also they, they're going through 
challenges at home and challenges with their mental health and challenges with their studies and um and actually that has that does make you there's been several moments where um but there's definitely a time I was coming back in a cab at half five in the morning after helping one of them where Dan was like, wow, this is way above the job description. And he, and he was right, but there's such a sense of support that they need that I can't not, but also... I, I imagine there's quite, some fulfillment as well when, you, when you're is, able to yeah. show up in that way. Exactly that. And I think, I think um, you, you want to be there for them, you know? Um, and I, I've got, I feel I've got responsibility in this job. This is what this was wonderful about this job. Not only the, the variance of what we do, I also manage a, I've got a, about a 32 staff team full time and then about 200 student staff team, depending on the time of year and, and our elected leaders. Yeah. And so staff, staff, you know, part-time staff need something different um, than the full-time staff who, who want development and support. And then the, the leaders want all that development support, but they also need that nurturing and mentoring and future yeah. thought. And I think the benefit is I have, um, I have got life experience and actually they do make me feel old but, <laughs> and, I, and, and I am young. You are um, young. Yeah. Um, but actually I can use my experience and when you get, you just get very close to them. So I've, to, I've spoken to most of them about my, you know, my upbringing or, my, or you know, the stuff we've spoken about. Mm. And, oh, um, I love that. Yeah. And, um, and they have, and I'm happy to share that with them because they, they, I'm human too, you know. <laughs> so yeah. it, and and I realise that helps them um, a lot of the time if they know that it, it it's it's okay to have a bad day. Um, Absolutely. And what? But it just, go ahead. Well, it puts pressure to be always be, always have an answer, always be supportive, you know. Which yeah, which is a lot when we're in helping professions and people are yeah. sort of looking at you with open eyes, going, "Give us your wisdom or help me through this time that we're struggling." And it can be a skill to um, just be alongside them in order to support them in figuring it out, rather than feeling yeah. like the pressure of needing to always have the answers. Yeah, and I think that's that's been a, a balance that I'm trying to. I've, I've been reflecting over the Christmas break, which I definitely needed that break. Um, and I, I'm, you know, I'm finding I'm, I'm sleeping more um, on a weekend because I just need recuperation time, and of um, I want to chill out more on evenings and go out less because I just like it's emo- it's emotionally draining, and I hadn't yeah. appreciated um, actually I, if I hadn't done working at the National Autistic Society and working at, at um, Get Connected Now the Mix, I think if I hadn't had the better because I had to have a really good understanding of the service offer in a fundraiser marketing capacity. Um, I, I think this would have been too hard, but because I, because I actually end up being a, a, sem, a semi counsellor in some yeah, days, or, yeah, yeah, or yeah, and yeah. a mentor and and a parent and a, you know literally some of them here's fifty quid go and eat you know yeah <laughs> um, which is just I, I you know I I don't think I would have without that experience I would have been to cope with that but also I realised I get trust from them by sharing my life experience that I give but by giving that trust I expect it back so. Um, and a couple of them experienced because I've um, you know experienced the break of that trust and and I you know I tell them the consequence of it because that's not fair you know um, but that's the life lesson isn't it so it so it is fascinating it's a it's a it's a privilege I think this job is a real privilege. Well, and it is fascinating. I find it fascinating every day that every life experience I've had, every trauma that I face, somehow becomes useful for someone. You know. Who, who yeah, I t- yeah. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, there was that time. I totally relate to you in this situation, you know, and can offer yeah. some support through experience, not even through the education piece. 
Yeah, and I think the one the one bit I've learned, and this is what Scott helped me with, is is you know I used to beat myself up when I had a down day, or I you know you know you can I just you know you can just feel like you're going to have a a down period, yeah, and that would build, and then I would have a day off work, you know, you know maybe you know only two or three times a year, I'd long on the sofa and just be miserable. Where he was like, well, hold on, maybe you just you just need time out, and. And yeah, maybe your body and your mind that. are telling you something. <laughs> exactly, and actually now, now, now I embrace that. Where I plan in time to go. That this is my time. Dan, leave, leave the house, and actually I don't feel guilty about it. Um, and of course, the the effects of you know from you know mid mid to late twenties when you party and actually do a lot less of that. But if you're going to get if you're going to go out for three a.m. on a Saturday night, you're going to have the come down of alcohol at some point. Yes. Um, so the effects of that and not eating well and not exercising, yeah, I can I can I understand that all a bit better. I'm not I'm not fit in any way, but I do a bit of running. Um, I will get back into cycling in the summer. I don't want to be an athlete, but yeah. I don't want you know I want to have enough to just keep the mental resolve up, but not not be worried to say I need time out. Um, and that is helpful, but it's only I've only learned that in the last eighteen months, two years, you know. Yeah, 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 exactly. So you struggled so much before then. Um, Final question. What advice would you give to your 15-year-old self who was struggling uh, with his sexual identity within the context that you were in? Uh, What advice would you give to some other kid who's in that similar situation? I suppose it's not it's not my advice, but it's it's um, it gets better. Like that that just sums it all. That just sums it all, and um, because it does. But um, and what what's the worst if you talk about it because if they don't accept you then they're not right for you are they and um but the it gets better is is the thing that resonates with me and always has done since that campaign you know became a, a phenomenon and if i'd only known that i would have been a bit different i think but it has shaped me to who i am now so and who do you think kids should go to to talk because it, it's a tricky thing to navigate is it mates is it parents is it there's services out there like what, what do you think would support young people the best i think you know i've been in a privilege in jobs to kind of see the, a plethora of services i think we're in a, an interesting time in um society where actually um, kids can young people yeah. can go to their their friends yeah um but not often as a starting point where um, but if, if not, that's why services like um, the mix and, and others are, are so important about just starting the conversation and the narrative. And actually, the, the hard stories are from those that say that those that didn't pick up the phone or, or contact via chat. That's the harder. That's the harder ones. I think the bit that I'm struggling with um, to think about advice for those that are suffering, even if people know, that's that's more difficult because I think that's a. a a piece around off services and the and the, the state pulling back, which is I think a travesty, mm-hmm. because we need we need to fund the upfront services around mental health and support and and conversation in a, in a triage context, and then fund the more um, extensive support requirements. But there's a double funding that's needed for a generation, which will help itself out longer term. But I think at the minute all those all those front lines stuff's been sliced away, and, and I worry that steps us backwards. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I have, I, have, I have a concern about that, but I think what I get a sense look, talking to um, the young people that I work with is that they do talk to their friends, which is great. Yeah, and even if it's uh, online forums or places, yes, there are some negatives around um, bullying in that space, but there's also amazing good where people can 
connect with other people like them who've experienced something similar. Uh, of course, yeah. Just from, you know, their phones. Yeah, yeah. Lovely. Uh, John, thank you so much for your openness around your story. I admire your, your journey so much. Uh, thank you for your advice and uh, good luck in your job. You're welcome. Good to speak to you. You too. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If something helped you today, please do share this episode with a friend and let them know that they are not alone. I know that for me, isolation kept me stuck much longer than I needed to be. So let's practice courage and talk to someone about what's going on, as that's the first step to making life amazing. Check out my website, petravelsboer.com, for your free Kickstarter plan, which will teach you to turn your biggest weaknesses into your greatest strengths. Join the community of people who are changing the way they view life's challenges and living life to the full. Until next time, goodbye.